Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Today on the Ether, OmniFlix presents Flix Talk, episode 40. Community updates and spotlight featuring Aiden from Stride. Let's take a listen. Welcome to Flix Talk number 40, everybody. It is a beautiful Wednesday in,、uh, in the beautiful world. Thank you for joining us. And we're joined by Aiden from Stride.、Uh, Who is going to share some insights with us,、uh, along with our co founder, Sissa, who, as always, has graced us with his presence, which is my favorite part of, the, my, part, my, favorite part of my Wednesday. And that is no,、uh, that is no joke. Sure.、Uh, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> how, are you how, are you, how are you guys? Hey, I'm doing great, Ken. Thank you. All right. Well,、uh, shall we get started with the updates for the day?、Uh, Sure, that should be good.、Um, you know, I'll quickly. So, I didn't like, here's what we do normally on every Wednesday at this time.、Uh, we share、uh, whatever we did、uh, from an engineering standpoint, from a media standpoint, from a design and community standpoint、uh, through the last week or maybe you know, eight to ten days. And、uh, then we also have these spotlights where we feature partners, where we feature people that we work with, people that we'll work with in the near future, and so on and so forth. So, as part of that, you know, today、uh, you've been invited, and、uh, you know, this is to showcase Stride to the Omniflix community and、uh, exchange notes. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is awesome.、Uh... I feel like we're going to start doing this soon.、Uh, I love the, the weekly update cadence and talking about their projects. It's a super cool idea. Definitely. You know, this is a format that has evolved over, as you can see, 40 weeks. So, this is a weekly、uh, episode, and、uh, we have this archived by our friends at Terra Spaces. So, not only on Twitter, but、uh, this gets published on Spotify, and、uh, we have、uh, quite the audience there as well. So, No, making sure that we cover for all formats.、Yeah. And a nice pro, tip, nice pro tip you know, if you match it up with、uh, the same day as your community update that comes out on your blog, all the better. <laughs> yep, that's right. So we, you know, we had a medium publication where we had weekly updates, but、uh, you know, that has been suspended you know, for、uh, some time, you know, I guess about eight weeks now. And、uh, we are making sure we have our community updates published via long form text as well on the blog. So it'll all be consistent and all information is spread across. You know? That is the format that we, we're going with. <laughs> all right. So, sure.、Uh, so without any further ado, I think we can get started. Ken? 
Yeah, yeah perfect. Uh, I believe we have quite a few um, tech updates for the day. Mm -hmm. um, anything to share on the front of auctions, by the way? Okay, yes. So auctions will have, uh, you know, yeah, as some of you might have already seen our talk from uh, customers, you know, that auctions are going live in the month of October. Yes, uh, we have pre preliminary documentation in place. We also have, you know, some updates around, uh, you know, the testnet, the mainnet. Uh, we had, a, you know, an, an interesting you know, uh, upgrade in the last few days. So this was a patch that was, uh, you know, that was widespread and, uh, you know, most SDK based uh, applied. Yeah. Uh, no. Sorry, uh, were you cutting out or? Can, can you not hear me? Yeah, a little bit. It was cutting out a little bit. Yeah. So I'll just repeat again. So we had a, we had a validator, uh, you know, uh, upgrade, no chain, no halt upgrade that happened in the last uh, few days. And uh, because of this, our plans to introduce the auctions module, this got pushed back. But at the same time, you know, in the next one week, you, know, you should hear more details about the mechanism around the auction published you know, again as a documentation, as a blog post, and uh, also, you know, details about the auctions module going live on mainnet. So along with fixed price listings, we'll also have auctions on mainnet. Yeah, and also just as uh, for for the people that are uh, potentially new, um, might it be a good idea to just uh, uh, you know revisit what exactly OmniFlex does uh, briefly? Because I see a lot of new people in here today. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it is important. So. Omniflex is a P2P network for creators and communities. In this case, we can refer to DAOs as communities, Web2 communities, events, and so on and so forth. And along with that, when I say infrastructure for creators, it uh, technically means for independent creators, for studios, for record labels, and for you know, other communities that might want to engage their uh, creators uh, or their community members. So this is the infra that we are working on. And uh, at this point in time, this entails the apps that we have implemented on about 17 protocols. Then we also have uh, infrastructure around NFTs in the Cosmos ecosystem. So on the Omniflix hub blockchain, you have what are 13 types of NFTs, including you know PFPs, uh, audio, video NFTs, music NFTs, photography NFTs, and so on and so forth. And um, apart from that, we've also had uh, good engagement with uh, validators and building relationships with their delegators. So we had validators that dropped NFTs or utilized NFTs to be able to build that relationship with their delegators. And uh, yeah, a lot of other types of uh, interesting are interesting reasons why NFTs are being used. Of course, we've been using them for uh, events, uh, post-event engagement, and so on and so forth as well, like how we do it with our in-the-studio Friday talk. So as soon as the talk is done, we have, an, we have a pop that's given out. Similarly, we did that for uh, TEDx, the event Cosmos, uh, you know, yet to be done for Cosmos, but that infra is there. So yeah, this is what we do as Omnifleets. Uh, again, we work with, work in the media space with 
independent creators, studios, record labels, in the gaming space with game development studios, and in the event space with uh, multiple partners. Yeah. And uh, we have some breaking news. Um, Fashion 3's digital NFT collection has just gone live on Omniflix Marketplace. That's very nice. Um, so hope we can get the team also uh, on maybe Friday. Or uh, if they're here today, do not hesitate to request and you can join the stage. Yep. Yeah, I'll definitely reach out to them if they're not here today. Um, but uh, carrying along, we have another beautiful set of updates in terms of uh, Cosmoverse. People were speaking very highly of us, if I recall. Um, which is, you know, very much appreciated from everybody. Um, you know, if uh, you'd like to share, uh, you know, feedback from the community uh, that you've heard, uh, I think it was pretty interesting. But uh, you know, I think uh, we let uh, I didn't take it forward and then revisit our Cosmos experience together. Surely, yeah. So there's one small update from uh, an engineering standpoint that I'd like to share just before we can uh, start off with uh, you know, the spotlight. So we have what is uh, Frontier, uh, Omniflix market, uh, Frontier version for the Omniflix market, which has wallet connect support, which is integrated on Cosmos station, and which will soon be, of course, open source. And uh, it has the latest aesthetics history. Um, when it comes to bidding or any activity, you have history clearly available there. And uh, people might want to explore and have requested us in the past. Uh, it's smooth in terms of floating and so on and so forth. So the URL here is frontier.omniflix.market. And uh, yeah, the community can feel free to access that on web or on mobile and uh, share any, uh, again, any feedback, you know, your thoughts and your experiences. Because this is the UI that we'll be uh, moving over to completely once we have auctions live on mainnet. This is literally a new frontier for Omniflex because uh, having the the mobile uh, compatibility is such a huge, uh, huge deal. And um, much love to Cosmo Station for uh, helping us with that. Yep, 100%. And uh, we'll soon have Kepler native integration coming as well. Uh, of course, we are aiming to make sure everything is in place before the token goes live. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I didn't, I'll just let you start off with this one, uh, you know, one, one stage of our project that we are in where we launched our blockchain, but uh, we did not launch the token. So, you know, at this point in time, we are completely operating with the fee grant module. So where one account can pay the fees of another account or gas of another account. and uh, you know, that has helped us bootstrap quite well. And uh, we aim to continue offering this fee grant even after the token launch. So, you know, with that being said, uh, I'll let you explain, you know, what uh, Stride is to our community and uh, what your thoughts are on where you, uh, what your thoughts are on where you are. Yeah. Um, actually, before before I jump into that, I'm curious. Uh, this is actually something I've always wondered about Cosmos Chains, whether you can launch a product without launching a token. Uh, and I always thought the answer was no. So actually, it's interesting that you've managed to launch a product without launching a token. Um, so you, I'm, I'm curious, actually, how do you how do you do that? Yeah. So we 
we did uh, share a few tokens so every validator so we have curated a set of 64 validators from four testnets that we launched last year since last year and uh, these people they have like definitely we know that they have experience running infra now we made sure to give them 10 tokens each so all of them have only 10 tokens each and uh, they have started their nodes and uh, stake their tokens and so on and so forth and uh, you know they are live with those 10 tokens now because no one else has access to the ics 20 flix token right so there is no way in which you know anyone else can manipulate the security of the network or do anything of course there is some sort of trust that is involved that is trust in the team but uh, you know this is this is 100% you know community driven in a way where tomorrow like all the tokens will be part of the community pool like those the tokens that are not in the community pool won't be touched and so on so forth so people can see that at this point in time and uh, you know in just clearly speaking our nakamoto coefficient is much higher than tokens that are actually are, are chains uh, that are actually live with the token so you know at least at this point in time it is secure and uh, yeah definitely with uh, a model like this where we did not launch the token we were still able to bootstrap uh, you know ops with uh, four ibc tokens deposits nfts like 142k nfts minted you know 10000 nfts 9000 listed on the market 10000 bought yeah this is the fun awesome yeah yeah that's that's super cool um yeah for me it's always interesting because one of the biggest benefits of cosmos in my opinion is ux um so you can optimize your chain or your platform to match whatever you're building Um for example like Osmosis has their threshold encryption uh that they're working on to uh privatize the mempool and that's like not possible on Ethereum or Solana. Um but then you have this other problem which is like way worse for the UX where you have all of these different tokens and if you want to use different platforms you need the token of the chain uh that you're going to typically. So like if you bridge from Atom to Osmosis like now suddenly you need some Osmo before you can actually transact. uh and that always felt like a big ux problem so it's it's cool that you've actually figured out a way to uh run the platform um without without having gas fees uh, at least initially i mean yes yes we we actually have cash fees but the thing is that uh, there is this mechanism fee grant mechanism where the user doesn't actually have to hold or uh, they don't need to have access to for yeah they don't need to have access to liquid flicks if i can say that and they are given this allowance which is uh, spent on behalf of them uh, as and when they interact with the network so you know osmosis has a zero zero gas you know zero fee uh, onboarding mechanism so we have what is the fee grant module so these are definitely risks i mean we are very glad that you appreciate you know the kind of efforts and you know found it pretty cool but uh, you know in february 2022 like jan feb you know we were pretty anxious in some way but at the same time you know we thought this was a move that could differentiate ourselves from from like keep the infrastructure and the token launch independent right like that was our 
first thoughts and uh, we did not want to launch the token when we weren't fully ready from a token standpoint and yeah uh yeah, yeah, no. yeah no it's a it's a great idea i love i love that product direction of launching the products and then maybe the token and then i have no idea if you're going to do an airdrop but like that general direction of do the product and then the token and then the airdrop versus like a lot of teams do it the other way around where they do the airdrop uh and then like more token distribution and then the product so yeah definitely the, the cool direction to do it um but yeah I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what we're working on um at stride thanks for uh thanks for giving me the space here um so stride is a decentralized liquid staking provider in cosmos um the three word summary is like lido for cosmos and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about why we need staking derivatives in the Cosmos ecosystem uh, and some of the solutions that exist today and kind of why we built Stride. Um, so the, the main problem in Cosmos today uh, for chains that do have tokens is there's a trade-off between earning yield staking your tokens and using your tokens. So that's from the user perspective. If you think about it from the L1 perspective, like the Cosmos Hub, for example, um, there's a tension between the Cosmos Hub, of course, wants high network security. So they want lots of tokens staked. Um, and then uh, at the same time, they want um, atoms to be used throughout the ecosystem. So both from a chain perspective and from a user perspective, there's this tension between uh, staking tokens and using them in applications. I think the most common application or the, the easiest one to think about is DeFi, um, but it actually goes way beyond DeFi. Um, but let, let's say you're a user and you're, uh, you're interested in DeFi and you're looking at your options. On the one hand, you could stake your tokens and earn something like a 20% yield. On the other hand, you could go plug them into DeFi. So let's say you LP them or put them in a lending market and earn a 20% yield that way. Um, but you have to make this trade-off between 20% staking or 20% in DeFi. And it's a little bit unfortunate because there's no economic reason that this has to be the case. It's really just a technical limitation of the system. Um, so, uh, what we're building is a way to allow users to collect both yields, um, and that's where staking derivatives come in. Um, so our, uh, our philosophy is minimalism and security. We, uh, you know, staking derivatives kind of, they touch the heart of proof of stake systems. Um, and we recognize that. And I think it's really important that, uh, on the one hand, staking derivative platforms don't build other things on top of themselves. Um, for example, if we. Um, built, let's say, um, an ecosystem around NFTs and creators, uh, it might be harder for us to offer staking derivatives to a platform uh, like Omniflex. Or, uh, you know, if, if we had a DEX, like maybe Osmosis wouldn't want to use us. So we, we think it's important that we just do our one thing and do it well. So we're here to service other ecosystems and um, help them do what they do best. So if, if you're a DEX, we want to help you uh, help your users trade. Um, if you're an NFT platform, you know, maybe they can buy NFTs with staking derivatives rather than the, the native token. Um, and then the, the other thing that we care about a lot is security because the TVL of these systems can get so large, uh, them being secure is very important. Um, so that's kind of our high-level philosophy and uh, what Stride is. Yeah, uh, like I, before I let Ken take over, I didn't thank you for the explanation. And uh, I'd like to ask one question to kickstart this conversation uh we know that liquid staking or in general staking has been introduced to the community by i'll say cosmos like widespread the first uh 
major chain that utilized POS and, you know, uh, um, Cosmos has proved quite a lot in that, uh, you know, infrastructure and ecosystem. Now, I really want to ask why Cosmos and why did Stride choose to become an app chain or a sovereign chain? And, you know, uh, there are some obvious answers uh, around the Sega infrastructure, but why specifically, you know, choose the SDK-based chain or an app chain to solve this problem around liquid staking? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great question. Um, so I discovered, I, I'm an engineer by trade. So I studied computer science in undergrad along with um, Riley, one of my co-founders, we were project partners. Um, and I, I was always focused on the engineering side of things. Riley was also an engineer, but he ended up going um, more of the economic route after, uh, after school. So he went and worked at a big hedge fund and did macro and uh, crypto research there. Um, but I, I've, I've been working in software engineering for a while, and I discovered crypto in 2020. Um, and my first intro to crypto was on Ethereum. It was through DeFi. <clears throat> um, and since then, I've explored a lot of different ecosystems. Um, and there are kind of two, uh, two systems that made the most sense to me. So on the one hand, Ethereum, which is, uh, you know, like Sonny and Zaki have talked about this a lot. It's like the empire model. So you have your base layer of security and then everything branches off from that and everything settles back down to Ethereum. Uh, feels like a little bit top down and it's a very bottom up decentralized system, but uh, maybe a little bit more um, authoritarian. And then uh, Cosmos was this other vision of bottom up development where anyone can build their own chain. Uh, anyone can do whatever they want. Um, it's, it's very uh, free in that sense. Um, so from an ideological perspective, I just, I thought Cosmos was very cool. It resonated with me. Um, and then as an engineer, I just thought it was so cool that you could vertically integrate your entire product. Um, so, uh, I think in doing that, you get a really good UX for your, for your users and, uh, just being able to go up and down the stack. Uh, it, it, it's very cool. Um, you know, on, on other chains, you're kind of stuck in this virtual machine, whereas on Cosmos, you have control over everything, which I think is it's cool from an engineering perspective, but it's also cool from um, from a business perspective. I think some of the best products are uh, vertically integrated. Um, yeah, so our, our vision uh, we're we're definitely starting with Cosmos. We want to be you know the best decentralized liquid staking provider in Cosmos. But uh, my hope is that eventually Stride uh, through IBC can expand outside of the Cosmos and offer staking derivatives for uh, for other ecosystems as well. Okay. That's perfect. Uh, you know, as we'd like to say, um, you know, when you're building with Cosmos, you might, it might look to other people like you're building on an island, but, uh, you know, this island has highways, bridges, you know, it has IBC. It is, hence it is uh, not isolated. So you'll end up building in, a, you know, in an, in an ecosystem which is sovereign yet interoperable, which is a beautiful part. So. They even got Uber and DoorDash, the island. That was an island joke. Uh, in any case, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, hi, Adrian. Yeah, uh, like, I mean, uh, the, the, you made an interesting point about uh, Ethereum as an empire and this one. So, like, uh, and if you see, if you see the one of the major difference between the participation in the governance and staking, difference between the Ethereum network and Cosmos, so you... 
the the bar for uh, for entering into this staking and having a say in governance is very high in ethereum you need to be the validator so and in in the cosmos you i mean it's a delegated proof of stake you can delegate to anyone with literally starting from say that uh, even 1 dollar is good enough 1 cent is good enough to to have your say on the board i mean uh, i think that is the i think this is the reason staking is more important uh, in cosmos than in ethereum in the fundamental way right yeah so i think that's it's definitely an interesting point um i think on ethereum uh, to to your point around needing uh, 32 eth to spin up a node and then they they actually don't have on chain governance everything happens off chain um, I think for for those reasons, um, you would actually expect liquid staking to start on Ethereum even more quickly um, because it's harder for individuals to run a node. So like you you uh, would expect to see lots of staking pools, and then you you don't lose any governance rights, um, which you might lose liquid staking on Cosmos. Um, so these are kind of two reasons why it might be more challenging for liquid staking to emerge on Cosmos. Um, so I, I think. Uh, like you can definitely delegate to whoever you want on Cosmos. The the challenge is still um, there's this hurdle rate of uh, the inflation per chains. So if Adam is yielding twenty percent while you're staked, you it's economically not in your incentive to use any other application unless you can earn twenty percent or more. Uh, or maybe you just care about that application so much that you're willing to forego that yield and uh, have your tokens inflated away. But I think for most people, it's not the case. So that that's the main um, uh, economic problem that we're uh, that we're solving, or the, the trade off that we're solving. Um, and then in terms of in terms of voting, I definitely agree. Voting is is much um, uh, governance in Cosmos. It, the participation rates are like an order of magnitude or two higher than on Ethereum. I think. Um, so yeah, people in Cosmos definitely care a lot about governance, and that that's actually something that we're we're thinking about a lot. Um, and there are ways to uh, create liquid staking tokens and still let people vote. Um, so that's something that we're actively developing right now. Um, but the I'll just outline what the simple version of this would look like, and then maybe talk about like some more um, experimental versions. So the the simple version would be um, if you liquid stake Adam. Uh, and you you have the liquid atom on Stride. Uh, Stride could mirror all governance votes that happen on the Cosmos Hub. And as long as you hold liquid staked atom on Stride, you can submit your vote on Stride, and then Stride will relay that vote back to the Cosmos Hub. Um, so this is like the V1, the the basic version of uh, liquid staking plus governance. Um, the problem that you run into there is if uh, you need to hold your tokens on stride. You're back in a world where you can't do anything useful with them. Um, so this is when I think it's interesting to start thinking about maybe something like a vault-like system where let's say you lock up your tokens in uh, like an LP vault. Um, so you lock up your tokens in this LP vault. They're transferred to say Osmosis and they start LPing. Um, and as part of this vault, you also retain your voting rights. Um, so your, your tokens are still locked up. They're just locked up somewhere else. Uh, and you can still vote on the the original network, but this version of uh, we've been calling it liquid governance. Um, I don't know. We're, we're still thinking, kicking around names, uh, but this version is probably a little bit further out. But totally agree, voting is super important, and we're thinking of a lot of ways to uh, allow people to vote. 
uh, is there any way to redelegate the stake tokens to some validator and directly get the stake liquid uh, i mean the, the liquid stake atom or anything like yeah so this this isn't uh, i think you're this it's a good question i think you're touching on um uh fundamental tension between um validator choice and liquid staking so when you liquid stake everything is socialized your risks are socialized and your rewards are socialized so you're essentially staked across the entire validator set that strat is staked to um now if you want to uh delegate to a single validator um the challenge is the the liquid staking derivative uh token for that validator is different than a liquid staking token for another validator um and if you start splitting out the tokens it's much harder to integrate them in other places so let's say like you want a very uh a, a pool on osmosis that has deep liquidity between say atom and st atom um the st atom token is uh it represents um stake positions across uh the entire stride validator set now if you wanted to delegate uh and liquid stake to a specific validator that would be a much smaller pool on osmosis so the the more validator choice you get with a staking derivative um the harder it becomes to integrate that staking derivative into other platforms so this is like kind of another challenge that we're we're thinking about uh, that's very last last question uh, last question to sistla so when when staked atom on uh, omniflex oh sorry guys i was on you uh so yeah i think it is a tough question because uh, you know first we're building infrastructure around the liquid atom you know liquid atom and then we'll you know with uh, you know definitely we'll work with uh, teams like stride you know and others to make sure that you know we build this ecosystem and uh, it might take a hit uh, you know to the end you know from within an ecosystem perspective uh, first we'll start with the omniflex ecosystem then we'll spread to the parent ecosystem where the host chain is so we want to do this right and uh, hence you know these spotlights you know discussions like we've also met with the stride team you know back in um, cosmos so we want to make sure we take these baby steps in the right direction so yeah all i can say is soon but uh, definitely you know it will be sooner than later thank you sir so thank you many for your questions um so yeah, i uh, i guess in uh, one question that other people might be wondering uh is what's the biggest difference between you guys and say p stake or persistence rather and um and quicksilver yeah great um great question so uh maybe before going into the individual protocols i can talk a little bit about what some different uh liquid staking providers in cosmos look like today so, sure and just uh amen uh come to you, uh right after this question um so on the on the one end of the spectrum you have um app chain solutions uh so when we started building stride persistence was um they they had a solution that was primarily on ethereum and i think the reason they did it this way was because when they started building back in 2018 or 2020 or whenever they started um ibc didn't exist so it didn't make much sense to have uh cosmos native staking derivatives um so they 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 built their entire platform between cosmos and ethereum um but it wasn't interoperable necessarily with the rest of the cosmos ecosystem uh it wasn't uh super cosmos native um and then you have uh like kind of the two dominant solutions i think which are 
Um, one way that you can build liquid staking is through an app chain and IBC. So this is what we're doing, and this is what Quicksilver is doing, and this is now what um, Persistence has come around and started building. And I think they're they're launching something like this relatively soon. <clears throat> um, and then on the other on the other end of the spectrum, you have smart contracts, um, and this is what Lido um, Lido built. I think they deployed this on Terra. And they tried to deploy it on the hub, so they they put up a uh, they put up Prop sixty nine, which was to add Cosmosm to the hub, which would have allowed them to deploy their smart contracts and liquid staking for Atom. Um, but this was this was struck down because the Atom holders uh, wanted a minimal hub. Um, in general, I think the app chain solutions are going to win out over smart contracts. Um, there's a couple of reasons for this, so I'll just touch on them briefly. One is um, app chains are much more scalable, um, so Stride, so far, we've onboarded three different um, zones. And the only dependency we have to add liquid staking for a chain is that they support IBC. So we've added the Cosmos Hub. We've added Juno. We've added Stargaze. Um, and we're soon adding Osmosis. And we can add these chains so quickly because we don't need to go and look at like their specific execution environment or whether they have Cosmosm or things like that. <clears throat> Instead, um, we just use IBC and interchain accounts. And all of the logic executes on Stride. Um, and if you use uh, smart contracts, you have to go and redeploy the contracts to every chain. You know, chains have different environments, and some chains don't even have Cosmosm, for example, Atom. Um, so that, that's uh, sort of like the structural differences. And then in terms of the actual competitors, so um, Stride, Quicksilver, PSAG, you know, Neutron and Lido are building now, which is like some kind of hybrid chain smart contract solution. Um, I think the the biggest difference, uh, I, I, I don't know quite as much about what Persistence is working on, but the, the biggest difference, I think, between Stride and Quicksilver is we are very focused on a minimalist, secure chain. So we just want to do liquid staking and do it really well. We want to service the rest of the ecosystem and provide staking derivatives. Um, and we think this is a, a pretty... Uh, challenging problem in and of itself. So we're, we're not thinking about becoming a DeFi hub or anything like that. I think Quicksilver is a little bit more on that side of uh, becoming a DeFi hub. So I think they've talked about like building an index token on top of Quicksilver, for example. Um, so that, that's one area where our visions are a little bit different. Um, under the hood, we use much more interchain accounts um, and they use more interchain queries. It's like just kind of a technical difference. Um, and beyond that, I don't, I don't exactly know. You know, Quicksilver hasn't launched yet, and they, uh, I haven't heard much from them recently. I'm sure they're working a lot behind the scenes, but uh, when they launch, I'm sure we'll we'll see more um, differences. Uh, but to, to to kind of recap, so we we are our, our philosophy is uh, minimalism and security and servicing the rest of the ecosystem, and then some specific things that we're focusing on strategically are um, UX uh, security and integrations. Um, so if you've tried our front-end UX, I think it's it's pretty good, and we're always iterating on it and making it super easy for and accessible for anyone to liquid stake. Um, on the security side, we have, I think, some pretty novel features. So we have a ton of testing infrastructure that we've built out for Stride. Um, and then on top of that, we have um, some novel rate-limiting mechanisms that we've added um, to make uh, Stride a little bit more secure. And then on the integration side, we're just we're, we're um, uh, thinking about how uh, ST tokens can be integrated in, in different protocols to make them uh, useful. Those, those are some of the high-level differences. Thank you for that. That was a very uh, very uh, well-put answer. I appreciate it. Uh, it looks like we lost uh, Eamon over here. 
uh, who appeared at a question, but uh, hopefully he'll be back to join us. Um, in any case, so when you guys, uh, I, I think you guys raised like six point seven million from um, in your in your first round of uh, funding. Did you find it difficult in the market, uh, kind of in the current state of the market, to to raise funding at this point? Yeah, we actually uh, we got we got super lucky for a couple of reasons. Um, one is, I think, in general, uh, with fundraising cycles, the 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 first um, that it, it's always harder to raise, uh, or it, as it becomes harder to raise money, the first companies that it's harder for are the big ones. So, like, if you're like a Series D or Series E company trying to raise money in um, early 2022, I think it's pretty hard. And raising as a seed stage company is still relatively easy. So it, it, you kind of like you it. it uh, fundraising becomes like really hard for series D and then it trickles down to series C and then series B and series A and so on. Uh, and luckily we we're a, a seed, a seed stage company, you know, we're very young, we're a very small team. Um, so that was definitely, uh, on our side. And then the other thing that we got really lucky with was, uh, we ended up closing our, our rounds like two days before the Terra collapse. So uh, you know, we had like all of our term sheets and the round was basically closed. Um, and then like everything started cascading. So we just kind of made it like, uh, <laughs> in the, it was, it was a very close call. I think. Somebody's got a four leaf clover in their pocket, I guess, over there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is, that's, uh, that's very lucky for you guys. That's awesome. The, the other thing I'll say is I think we, we did our best to raise from a lot of, um, Cosmos native investors and, for whatever, I think the Cosmos native investors have a little bit of a longer term view um, on the ecosystem, and they, they usually have a pretty strong thesis around Cosmos. Um, so I think most of them were pretty much unaffected by the the Terra collapse, and their their confidence in Cosmos didn't shake. You know, like a lot of our investors were validators; they've been invested in this ecosystem for three years. Like they're not going to be scared off by by something like that. They're going to be here for the next three years as well. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they're uh, unaffected, but I would say they're definitely resilient. Or yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, much much better way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the um, excuse me. Um, with regards to your test net, I saw you guys had an uh, incentivized test net. Uh, I guess what, what was it, a couple, one or two months ago. Um, how did that go for you guys? Yeah. Have you guys? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you know what uh, test nets are like. Um, Testnets are they're they're pretty challenging to run. I think we actually um, we you know we uncovered some bugs in our testnet. I think we uncovered many more just by like writing unit tests. Um, I think the real benefit of the testnet was like bootstrapping the community. Um, we found a lot of really passionate community members, so I think that was like the most positive thing to come out of our our testnet. I don't know what your experience has been like. Uh, we've had quite a, we've had uh, quite a few testnets. Uh, so, uh, so, so would you like to touch on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, we had four testnets. The first one had almost 900 validators. Uh, we had uh, immense help from uh, Jacob, uh, Jack, and the others to be able to, you know, get that testnet in place, you know, up and running, and have all 900 validators, you know, stay functional. This this ran for a week. Uh, we wanted to test the limits of what. You know, Tendermint and uh, Cosmos SDK achieved, and you know, I think uh, up until then, you know, this was by far the largest uh, testnet or the one with the highest number of validators. So, 
that was our first testnet second was uh, with uh, our nft infrastructure there was no marketplace but just nfts could be minted the third one had nft marketplace and the fourth one had uh, you know the fee grant module so as you rightly said uh, you know i didn't so we had the community get bootstrap we had the validators that participated during these testnets you know they were pretty enthusiastic you know they of course uh, understood better what omnifix did and uh, you know were able to participate in the no token launch of the network as well and we could trust them with that so yeah testnets like for us we definitely uncovered bugs and identified issues like identified social coordination issues rather than like i'll say deep tech issues and uh, you know that has helped us uh, bootstrap the community for quite some time yeah nice yeah it um it hasn't stopped for us we're um we're working on interchain security right now with the hub um so we've kind of gone from one testnet into the next um so we we just started working on that one and we're going to have many more testnets to come over the next few months i think yeah i think uh, at least for app chains it is extremely important to have a functional testnet to make sure you know any development efforts you know any community efforts that all first tested there and you know then they make it to the you know mainnet chain so yeah you know it makes a lot of sense that testnets uh, continue forever you know as a matter of fact yeah so uh, we we mentioned the luna ecosystem earlier um i guess uh, i'd like to ask how you guys um now, how do you prevent yourselves from becoming the next B Luna? Yeah. Um, well, actually, can you clarify what you mean by the? I I was so I was I uh, I held a lot of UST actually uh, lost some money on that unfortunately, um, but I wasn't super deep in the Luna ecosystem. Um, so what what's what are your uh, I guess uh, like associations with with B Luna or uh, what did you like or not like about B Luna? Uh, well, not that I have any association with it, um, but more so, just more so, it was you know the fact that they didn't uh, you know auto compound the uh, the assets um, as I remember it, and you know, the, uh, they were not. I don't think they were transferable on IBC either. Um, so, are, are those things that'll be uh, supported by you guys? Oh yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, so I, I wasn't aware that they did not auto compound and that they. Um, they were not IBC transferable. That is, that's interesting. Our, so we definitely are. Um, we auto compound every six hours and everything is, uh, you know, it's fully IBC transferable. Um, and the auto compounding is actually interesting. Mechanism. So uh, let, me, let me actually check our yields. But I think the, the threshold where, so the way that the stride protocol um, makes money is the stride protocol takes a 10% fee of yields. Um, so the idea is that, uh, by having a staking derivative, you're able to earn more than the, the 10% fee on yield. So if you deposit one atom to stride rather than making 1.2 atom at the end of the year, uh, you would have 1.18. So you, you you just, uh, lose 10% of the yield, not 10% of your total, um, capital. Um, but if the yield crosses about 30%, the uh, the auto compounding is greater than the fee. Um, so for example, on Stargaze, let me check this one. Um, the typical yields, if you don't auto compound is 55.81%. Uh, 
Um, and if you mint ST stars, the yield is 64.74. So the yield is like 10% higher on Stride. And that's even after you take the fee into account. Um, and then there are like some other chains like Evmos, which uh, uh, has like a 200% yield or something like that. And the, the auto compounding gets like really crazy there. It's like, you know, it goes up to like something like 800%. It just gets huge. So basically the way that you guys have structured it, it kind of uh, it lessens your need for like a, an inflationary DeFi incentive, basically. Yeah, so we do we do auto compounding. Uh, assets are transferable, and um, yeah, if you if you use the assets in DeFi, like if you if you go to Osmosis and you create, say, like an ST Atom ST Juno pool, um, both uh, sides of that pool would earn yield, whereas an Atom Juno pool you'd be losing out on the yield. So yeah, to your to your point around uh, incentives, our hope is that we'll need less inflationary incentives to. Um, in DeFi, what's uh, if uh, have you guys released your tokenomics yet? I don't want to ask if you haven't. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, yeah. Have uh, so what's those. what's your uh, total supply? If um, if you could uh, tell me. Yeah, our our total supply is uh, one hundred million stride. Um, and that's the... that's uh, compl- that's the genesis or the total. That's the total. Um, so. The Genesis circulating supply is something like nine million. Um, of that, two thirds is going to the community airdrop, and one third is going to the strategic reserve. Sounds like people are in for a uh, nice airdrop then. Uh, yeah. The- have you guys announced the uh, requirements for it? Um, we have announced requirements for the airdrop, and the airdrop, um, the airdrop's in progress. I think. Uh, it'll be out by the end of the month, but let me check the the airdrop requirements. <clears throat> One interesting thing to note about the airdrop is whenever we onboard a new chain, um, an airdrop for that chain will happen. So we've onboarded three chains so far. So that means there will be three airdrops, one for Atom holders, one for uh, SARS holders, and one for Juno holders, or stakers rather. Uh, and then going forward, as we onboard more chains, like when we onboard um, Osmosis and um, you know other chains in the ecosystem, there will be an airdrop for each of those as well. Um, so for Atom, for example, the we took the snapshot on August fourteenth. Um, the min threshold was ten Atom. The max th- threshold was uh, forty two hundred Atom, and two point two million stride are uh, so two point two percent of um, of uh, FDV. Will be airdrops to um, to Adam Siggers. That's fantastic. Um, one moment, sorry. Sorry about that. I had a doorbell ring, which is always fun during. Uh, uh, no worries, no worries. Um, but yeah, I, um, so so do you have? A, or I guess we can open up to the audience and see if anybody else has any questions for Aiden. Yeah, me. I think we had some people join us, but then they left again. But uh, yeah, if there's anyone that wants to ask uh, Aiden a question, please do not hesitate to request. And we should bring you up here on stage. But uh, yeah, before that, uh, I'd, like, I'd like to ask a you know, set of questions that I normally do uh, when I meet uh, Cosmos uh, founder. So I think the 
the base question of uh, you know why I cosmos and app chain now i think that has that has been answered uh but how did you end up discovering right and uh, how has your journey in the web3 and cosmos ecosystem been yeah uh, sorry you cut out for one sec you said how did i end up discovering what cosmos uh-huh. Uh-huh. um yeah uh so like i said uh riley and I, well so i discovered crypto back in uh 2020 really for the first time that's when i really went deep i'd heard about it before but not gone deep and then DeFi, uh DeFi summer and uniswap and sushi swap specifically caught my attention and i kind of went down the rabbit hole and uh since then i've never looked back it's just been like you know going deeper and deeper uh and i love i love it i love crypto so it's it's a lot of fun for me um and like I said, my first uh, foray into crypto was on Ethereum. And then we, uh, so Riley and I, we went down to a conference. Um, I think it was at Art Basel or something in Miami. It was like some some random conference. Um, and we were talking to a bunch of different teams. And one team that we talked to was the Secret Network team. And we talked to Tor from Secret. And he, uh, he really sold us on the vision for Secret Network, which was um, privacy by default transactions and smart contracts um and you know it kind of blew our minds we were like how are you building uh a blockchain with private transactions and smart contracts you know it's like just uh kind of broke our mental model of how blockchains work um so we started going going down that rabbit hole and we looked at secret network and we realized it was just one of many app chains um and the app chain ecosystem back then was i think still pretty small like there were i don't know like five chains connected with IBC, um, but they were all really cool. You know, like Osmosis was this DAX secret network had secret uh, or pr- private transactions. The hub was like this, you know, secure, safe thing. Um, Juno had smart contracts. So uh, yeah, that's that's how we found Cosmos. And then um, Riley and I also went to UC Berkeley. So we overlapped with some of the builders in the space, like uh, like Sunny and some other people. So uh, you know, we chatted with them a little bit as well. And they kind of, they were like, yeah, come, come build in Cosmos. It's, uh, it's cool. Yep, the UC Berkeley club has a lot of, I mean, I think it's uh, like how you have the PayPal mafia, I think you have a UC Berkeley mafia, like you find one team member, you know, across multiple chains, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know about the mafia meme, I don't know if we, we should be known as the mafia, but uh, there's definitely, yeah, there's a lot of people from Berkeley. In Correct, there, I think there was a lot of onboarding you had uh, Jake Kwan, the co-founder of Cosmos Hub itself, you know, went down explaining. and explained. This was back in the day, but uh, I think a lot of community building efforts were focused and it helped onboard a lot of uh, good minds to the Cosmos ecosystem. Yeah. Um, yeah, blockchain at Berkeley, I think, did a lot too. I think um, uh, some of the founders of that club might even be in Cosmos. Like, I think um, Akash from... Atmos might be one of the founders and Sunny might also be a founder. I don't know, but there, there, yeah, there's like so many. And then I think Dave from Osmosis might've also gone to Cal. So a lot of, uh, work with people. And actually I think the, the real quote unquote mafia is the, um, it's like the Tendermint team from 2017. If you look at the Tendermint team or the, like the core team from 2017, they like each one of them has their own project, right? It's like, uh, like Jack and Zaki have like Sommelier, um, Sonny uh, and Dave have Osmosis and uh, uh, Fede has Evmos and there's just like all these projects that spun out of Tendermint. 
correct correct like yeah we've been seeing all of them since a while yeah we got started in 2018 exploring cosmos you know uh, making sure that we explored other elements other architectures but ended up at cosmos and since then we've been interacting with uh, you know all of these people in one or the other way and it just feels great to you know see them get so involved committed stay committed to the ecosystem and yeah like everyone launching their own app chain or you know their own validator like they first started off with validators then they launched their app chains and it only proves that the ecosystem is here to stay and people that are uh, entering the ecosystem are you know it's not like they're leaving and moving on to different ecosystems but they're continuing to build this one contribute and make it better so definitely that inspires a lot of people and and gives confidence to people that are uh, looking at it from the outside or even from the inside yeah um yeah another cool thing about cosmos is uh it seems like a lot of the there's there's a lot of overlap between the core devs and the applications themselves so you have like all of these core devs that also have their own app chains um and i think it builds like a lot of empathy in both directions like the application developers <coughs> they understand um uh what the the goals of the core devs are and then it goes the other way around too like the core devs they kind of build for the app developers um so that's another kind of special thing about cosmos that i really like there's uh there's a lot of collaboration between the core devs and the app developers that's very true that's very true all right ken do you have any more questions or man do you have any questions for us so like uh, generally the cosmos ecosystem uh, is famous for so many things like one of the thing is uh, it's a generous aid drops by all the cosmos contributors and chains so right now for example stride uh, stride is also giving some of the tokens to the atom stakers juno stakers and everything suppose in future i mean uh, if we make the say the liquid staking let's say higher the stake data so like i mean uh, is there any processes to see that okay whoever wants the staked atom will also get the aid drops or something like that uh, is, i mean is there any discussions or thoughts gone in that way sorry i i my connection dropped off for a minute was there a question directed at um mayor is it directed at the are you guys at the omniflux oh sorry it's it's directed at you so like i mean uh, i said like cosmos ecosystem uh, yeah, i mean it's famous for so many reasons and one of the reason is uh, i mean uh, it's a generous aid drops by the many projects like the stride is doing the aid drop like beat the avmo zunu and we got so many aid drops with the cosmos ecosystem so like uh, is there a way to get the like let's say sorry about that everybody i accidentally muted everybody sorry man yeah everyone's going to have to unmute themselves i accidentally muted you all yeah i didn't i got the thing that money okay uh i'll keep it really simple so if we stake atom through stride and you know enjoy the benefits of liquid staking through stride do we have the opportunity to receive air drops so will projects have to do anything different to you know to ensure that liquid uh, you know atom holders or uh, you know uh stride st admin holders like will they be able to receive airdrops is the question and will projects have to do anything different to accomplish gotcha yeah yeah thanks and sorry 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 for the connection issues my um the uh so yeah out of the box airdrops don't work in the liquid staking world um so i think now it's on us and on project teams 
to figure out how to make it work. So zooming out for a second, um, you know, Zaki was talking about his vision for the Cosmos Hub. <clears throat> and his vision for the Cosmos Hub is that 100% of assets are liquid stakes over like the next you know, few years. Um, and on the other hand, you have all of these atom holders that really love airdrops. So I think this is a little bit of an open problem, but it's, it's definitely possible. Um, so one, one simple way to make this work would be um, if you're a team that wants to airdrop to atom holders, um, you can look at the stride account on atom. And then let's say it has like, you know, uh, 500,000 atom. Uh, you would then have to look at what the distribution of those token holders looks like on Stride rather than on Atom. So it's it's still possible. Um, the the teams that are administering the airdrops they just need to pull some different data, um, and we're we're I think we're willing to help them with that. So we're currently working with a team called um, Numia, which is working on something like Dune Analytics for Cosmos. If you're familiar with that from the the Ethereum ecosystem, um, so our entire chain is being indexed, and we'll be able to pull data from Stride really easily. And I think this is a trend that you'll see in the Cosmos ecosystem. So, uh, you know, if you can pull data from any chain with like a SQL query, if anyone can do that, um, doing airdrops is like now a much easier task. And if you have to pull some data from Stride and some data from the Cosmos Hub, you can definitely airdrop across both ecosystems. So that's the long answer. The short answer is we're just going to have to collaborate with the airdrop teams to make it happen. Got it. Like up until now, it was all permissionless. Yeah, going forward with additional infrastructure, it can still be permissionless. Of course, it is permissionless, but you know there is some sort of collaboration required right now. But going forward with infrastructure support, we don't think that is also required, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, even today, like it's permissionless. It's just it would take more infrastructure. Like you'd have to run a Stride node and a Cosmos Hub node and snapshot both, um, which is just harder. Now, every, every every project obviously has their risks, but what are the risks involved uh, with you know with, uh, with Atom stakers staking with you guys or using liquid staking? Are there any risks that they could encounter? Yeah, there's there's kind of when I think about risk, I think there are two buckets that I would uh, categorize risk in. So one risk is economic risk. This is some let, let's say um, you go and use a lending platform and you open a leverage position. Um, you now have you're exposed to some economic risk. Um, so if you're if you're levered long on Atom and the the price of Atom goes down, you might get liquidated. Um, the, there's another class of risks which are protocol risks, um, and these are uh, you know these are basically like implementation bugs that could uh, cause problems with the protocol. I think Stride has very basically uh, you know the the economic risk is um, is limited because Stride is fully collateralized. For every one atom, we meant one ST atom, uh, and then those ST atom are redeemable for one atom. So there's it's it's not under collateralized, it's not over collateralized, it's just perfectly collateralized. Um, and then on the protocol risk side, you know, there's there's always that's always a risk. Every team in crypto faces this, unfortunately. Um, but it's one of our top priorities to uh, make Stride as as secure as we possibly can. So we're working on a lot of I think pretty innovative ways to do that. Um, but yeah, there's, <laughs> I think crypto is still in the beta stage. So everything is, everything is high risk. Uh, I would say. Well put. Thank you. Um, does anybody else have any questions for, uh, Aiden? Yeah, I had some questions. Uh, 
everyone. Uh, this is super. So Aaron, hi, congratulations, first of all, on launching Stride and being uh, very competent in terms of uh, getting chains on boarded, whether it's Atom or Stars or now recently Juno. Uh, and uh, I suppose uh, I need to also congratulate in terms of how your mods have worked. There was an issue I had uh, recently where the Stride website was showing a much higher APRs than they were giving. And I had got in touch with uh, the Discord channel and uh, Summer from Stride contacted me and I could see that it's been resolved now. So uh, well done, well done on that. Uh, I had some queries as a, as a you know, uh, someone who is starting to use liquid staking now. Now, I do believe when I'm staking my Atom and my Juno on Stride, it's on Stride ch chain. Now, what happens if Stride chain goes down is all the tokens that I have uh, liquid staked with Stride are at risk. Yeah, good, good question. Um, and I, uh, sorry, I have to jump off to another meeting after I, after I answer this one, but I'll, I'll answer this, this last one. Um, Thank so you. if, um, uh, the, the way that the, the trust assumptions that stride has around the, uh, native tokens are the same as any other IBC chain. Um, so the, an equivalent question would be if you transfer your atoms to osmosis and the chain goes down, are your atoms at risk? Um, th they are at risk in the sense of you can't transfer your atoms around on osmosis if the, if the chain is not producing blocks. Uh, but they're not at risk in the sense that as soon as the chain comes back online, so as soon as the honest validator majority comes back online, you'll be able to transfer your tokens around. Um, so Stride works with the, the same trust assumptions as IBC transfers. Um, and that's because everything is built through IBC. So the way to think about it is you deposit your, um, your atom on Stride. That atom is transferred back to the Cosmos hub, but it is custodied by the Stride protocol. Um, if you, uh, if, if Stride um, were to halt for some reason, the native Atom are still custodied on the Cosmos Hub. They haven't moved around. They're still owned by an account. And as far as the Cosmos Hub is concerned, Stride could be running or not running. You know, co the Cosmos Hub has no idea what's happening on Stride. Um, Stride is just not producing blocks. Um, and then as soon as Stride comes back online, so as soon as like some honest majority of validators comes back online, um, the tokens, uh, you'll be able to use all the normal Stride functions again. So if, if Stride stops uh, producing blocks, what you're not able to do is you're not able to liquid stake and you're not able to redeem ST assets for native tokens, but everything is just frozen. It's not lost. Great. Thank you for that. I had more questions, but that's okay. I understand that you have another meeting to go to. Uh, so maybe I will ask that question to Sisla later on. <laughs> Yeah, I think we had uh, you know one hour non-stop questions being shot at, and I didn't. Yes. Thank, you. thank you for being here, Aiden, uh, and answering all the questions, you know, in an extremely patient way. So, do you have any final words for our uh, community, like the Cosmos NFT community here at Omniflix, and you know, um, yeah, and with that we can close. Yeah, no, my 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 only comment is thank you so much for having me on, and I've heard really wonderful things about the Omniflix community. Um, so just excited to meet more of you and um, get more involved. Definitely. Very happy to have you here as well, uh, Aiden. Uh, thank you for joining us today and uh, uh, look forward for a very fruitful collaboration. All right. Sure. So we, uh, should we go back to uh, our community updates?
Sure, that would be good. Uh, let's see where we left off. So we have, uh, I believe we still have some more engineering up updates to go over, correct? That's right. Um, actually, we're good on multiple fronts. I think I just need to summarize a bit more about the efforts that we, uh, or the time, effort, energy that we invested uh, from a design, the UI standpoint, of course. So you might have, uh, you know, if you were part of this call in the first 10 minutes, you might have heard of the two updates that we have had, you know, auctions and, and the Omniflix market. So that almost summarizes our efforts around the back-end engineering, the blockchain engineering, and the front-end engineering. Uh, there have been few more discussions, updates around uh, how best we'll utilize the wallet connect infrastructure. So you can expect wallet connect integration into multiple apps going forward. So you can see that probably on TV, you'll be able to see that on Omniflix Studio. And uh, of course, Omniflix Me and the other apps that are coming out. So it is important even for us to be able to provide the seamless experience uh, from a mobile standpoint, and we are very committed towards that. Do you have anything to announce on the um, on the inter uh, on the I'm sorry the interact to claim module? So there have been updates. Um, you know, background work is going on before we can have any official announcements. But at the same time, yes, the the mechanism around the drop is being, you know, I'll say is tending towards being finalized. It's not fully finalized because we have a lot of, yeah, we have a lot of mechanisms that we shortlisted and, uh, you know, are yet to finalize, um, yeah, choose the distribution mechanism. So we're not completely sure if it will be a one-time distribution or if it will be a continuous stream of tokens that are being streamed, say via stream pay, uh, block by block or, uh, you know, or other ways. So that is where we are at right now. And, uh, you know, that decision will have a major impact on the way we develop the system as a whole. Yeah. Hey, maybe a little bit of everything, maybe distribute some through Omniflex TV, maybe some through stream pace, maybe some you know, you know, give some people some at the beginning. Who knows? There's so many options. Maybe yeah. they can. Maybe they can burn. Maybe they have to burn an NFT. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, these these are all the options that are available to us. Definitely, we don't want to execute anything on a from a web two standpoint. We want to have complete, uh, you know, control by the community, and you know, if this can be effectively executed by the community, nothing like it. So we want to make sure it is all, you know, seamless for people to access, seamless for the community to control the funds, you know, take decisions and uh, be able to execute. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I know everybody is anxiously awaiting to know when flicks, but uh, I won't ask you that today. I'll give you a break this week. Thank you. <laughs> um, in regards to the um, to the product design, I know we have the updates to uh, Frontier, but we we should restate how uh huge of a um you know upgrade and a uh, huge boom this is going to be to our ecosystem uh having the mobile compatibility now that, that people can go on to omniflix market or frontier um and purchase nfts and um you know and and soon hopefully list nfts how far away from that oh you mean using the mobile version correct I mean, Oh, we can use it today. 
No, I'm saying for listing for listing NFTs. Yeah, actually today. Oh, yeah, I actually did that. Uh, no, as soon as the Cosmosation uh, app was there, I actually went to the Cosmosation app, mobile app, and I listed one and even tried un- unlisted uh, another of my NFT. And uh, it was quite, it went quite well. It was very smooth uh, to do that. I suppose the only thing uh, I couldn't do uh, was uh, add uh, uh, fungible tokens, but then you can, I could do it on the website and then those were reflect on my mobile app. That's what I found. Correct. So, yeah, thank you, Super. Thank you for sharing. Otherwise, it would have just been us, <laughs> you know, from our end sharing details of the app. Uh, Ken, so what is possible right now? What What is not possible? So on day one, we did not have the ability for, uh, you know, people that were accessing the app on mobile to request for fee grant. Since then, that has been fixed, that has been updated. Then we are working on the IBC deposit. So we won't be able to deposit fungible tokens to Omniflix via that mobile app, you know, on Cosmos Station. Primarily because of, you know, few issues around, you know, support for uh, amino encoding and protobufs. So that has been a long-standing problem in the Cosmos ecosystem. Where... Well, I, asked, I asked the question incorrectly. I, what I meant to ask was, is, is it possible to mint, uh, a, you know, a new NFT or a new collection, not to resell a NFT that you've purchased? Okay. Yeah. I mean, now I think it has been established that you can resell something that you actually purchase so you can list it you know you can delist it and so on and so forth you can even collect nfts um minting yes today it is possible to an extent but the thing is that you'll have to have uh, omniflix studio yeah it's a bit complicated but it is possible but when you have wallet connect support for omniflix studio or on omniflix studio you should be able to do it you know, uh, you know, as as and it will be as simple as possible. So we'll have a mobile version of the Omniflix Studio, and you should be able to take advantage of that. Yeah. That is very exciting. Uh, I know there's a couple of projects that I've spoken to that are that were anxiously awaiting the um, you know the ability to do things mobily, um, and I think we're going to see a, a, a nice swath of projects coming over to Omniflix now that we have the ability to support them on mobile. Yeah, the ideal case here is to be ready before the launch of the token, have all of these integrated, all of, all of these uh, sorted out so that as soon as the token does actually launch, we don't have to be able to, you know, we don't have to invest time in, say, mobile optimization of the web app, uh, being able to offer wallet connect support, you know, being able to get it integrated on Kepler or, you know, again, available on Cosmos Station or on mobile. So all of these things are, Things that you know, in in some sense, they do take time, and uh, we want to be ready, you know, completely, so that uh, you know, as soon as the token does launch, we we have a lot of things to do, and you know, the accessibility is like quite high. Very good. Now we have a couple of other updates with regards to we we have to talk about Fashion Three uh, launching the first digital collection on Omniflix. Um, I don't I don't believe that they're here today uh, in person, but. Would you like to share a little bit about their project and let people know what the, what's going on there and uh, what the price is? Because it is now live for minting everybody. Correct. Uh, Ken, you can maybe share more details on the price. So, yeah, we met the founders of uh, Fashion 3 
uh, in New York, um, you know, mid-year this year, they were very keen on being able to utilize the Cosmos ecosystem infrastructure. They're actually developers. They also developed the IDIP blockchain. So that has been happening. And uh, you know, they're a pretty strong team. They have, uh, they have had previous experience in being able to produce merchandise and make sure they ship it uh, you know, up until the last mile distribution. So that experience has also helped them identify and work with partners that have, I think earlier, I'm sorry, I, I think that they have worked with Prada or Gucci and some of these other uh, high-end fashion uh, brands. And, uh, you know, they're utilizing all that expertise to be able to produce these digitals, I'll say. And digitals uh, are physical and digital combined. So you have an experience where you have not only a physical say shirt that is available in this case it is a shirt tomorrow it can be anything so we have the fa first fashion three omniflix shirt that is that has gone live right now and uh, this is not just like the physical version but you get what is an ar version you get what is, oh okay i think i'm sharing some alpha here but i'm not sure what is completely public but uh, you have what are digital versions as well so you get a you get a p4 with a unique frame so you have a unique background and uh, that will help you gain additional utility in the fashion 3 ecosystem later uh, apart from this as i mentioned you have an ar version that will come out and then you'll also have i believe uh, of course there'll be physical uh, merch that's delivered to you as well i don't think there is any additional shipping uh, apart from the cost of the nft so you just buy the NFT and you should be able to claim the physical, you should be able to claim the AR uh, version, should be able to claim, I think, a 3D asset as well. But uh, yeah, these are some of the details that are, you know, that I'm fully aware of confidently. But I think uh, the Fashion 3 team has a lot more ideas and during in the studio, they'll be able to better explain. If you want, I can probably share some of the details I'm aware about uh, Fashion 3. So uh, they, they, are, uh, they are absolutely live right now. They have 225 NFTs and all of those are Omniflix NFT shirts. And like you mentioned, yes, it's a digital version of the shirt with um, multiple backgrounds. And uh, those is what you are going to be purchasing for 26 atom each, irrespective of whether you're buying a small, medium, large or uh, extra large. These are the four sizes available. Uh, and there will be different backgrounds which will be util uh, usable when they will be launching their AR site. Right now, the process would be that you have to come to omniflix.market on their collection. And uh, I, will, I will share the link uh, from Flix Fanatics uh, right, uh, no, in a moment. You can mint that NFT, short NFT, but make sure when you are, when you are purchasing that, make sure that you are buying the right size. And that's the reason it's not in blind mint. It's uh, ava all uh, available where you look and select the shirt you like to pick and choose. Once you do that, then uh, you have to DM. And I, and I will take the blame for that rugging. Uh, unfortunately, my phone died and I did not realize that it was uh, on its last legs there. So I apologize to everybody. 
All right, let's, uh, for the people who are here, let me just quickly run through some of the activities what Flix Fanatics did and are about to do. Meanwhile, we wait for others to join us. So uh, our Monday activity, Flixverse, where we have asked people to, to see the new version of Omniflix, uh, the, the market and let us know one difference you see there. So we have been getting good responses there and uh, we will be rewarding people with NFTs who to someone who gives us a best, best reply. Uh, so if you haven't yet participated, I would uh, kindly recommend you to come on Flix Fanatics account and uh, do participate. Apart from that, we had uh, AMA on Telegram this Saturday on the 8th and uh, it was quite successful with a lot of alphas and information given out. The next one will be on the 22nd. And before that, we will also planning to have a blog started by Flix Fanatics, where we'll give you our weekly updates or through a blog too. We also shared some alphas in case you were not there. Uh, if you hold an OG NFT for March, April, May, June or July, and soon August, then uh, you will be able to participate in one of our uh, activities where one of our creator has created a metaverse site and uh, we will be soon testing that and only, only OG NFT holders will be able to participate in that. And uh, soon you may also see some of the videos of Cosmoverse on the Flix Fanatics account on the marketplace minted as an NFT. So there, these are some very basic information I'm giving right now. For more, I will recommend you to keep uh, participating in our space, whether it's a Friday in the studio space after tomorrow and claim your Pope NFTs or uh, our AMAs, uh, whether it's on Discord or on Telegram, which are managed by Flix Fanatics. Okay, we have some people now. Um, Ken, the stage is back to you. Thank you so much, Super. Uh, so, Cecil, uh, where did we leave off there? I'm sorry. We were talking about uh, Fashion 3, correct? That's right. And uh, I think Super is pending his updates, like Fanatic updates. or Yeah, you... Super, you want to just finish up your uh, your uh, Flix Fanatics updates? Well, that's exactly what I just did. Uh, those oh, were the enough. updates we, we, we did. Uh, yeah, we have given... Oh, yeah, there is one more update, I suppose. Uh, uh, that's for the industry studio. I think as you were uh, part of that uh, industry studio episode 19, 20 or 21, those uh, Pope NFTs has also been now uh, dropped to your uh, wallets. So those were the NF uh, updates I had for, for now, but hopefully there will be more coming in and not just through the space, but also through blogs and other ways of communication. Okay. Yeah, we have a lot of co-ops that are that will be part of the Omniflix ecosystem now. Uh, yeah, I, but before that, I noticed one point. Terraspaces, hope you're recording this because yes. Ken did not turn on the recording option. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is recording it. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, uh, I'm glad that Terraspaces is here. And in spite of all the other spaces that happen, I think the Cosmos space with Ignite happened earlier too. Uh, Cryptocito, thank you for coming down uh, after that space. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we have a few 
Cosmos updates that uh, you know we wanted to share about the event and so on and so forth. But I think we'll do that next week, Ken, uh, because we've uh, you know we got rugged and I don't think uh, we have enough people at this point in time. But let me share that you know for those that are here, we have the Cosmos pops that will be coming down soon, uh, or you should be able to claim that from cosmos.omniflix.co real soon uh, it's just a matter of time before we decide on the details and then take it forward but uh, the infrastructure for that is ready so along with the og collector nft nfts that you might have received uh, in the studio perhaps that you might have received you'll also receive a cosmos pop why will this be useful this will indicate your presence at cosmos 2022 and uh, yeah, definitely, you know, in future, it can be used by sponsors. It can be used by community builders for developing their community and so on and so forth. So you never know what you might receive if you claim this. And uh, yeah, definitely, if you got a ticket on cosmos.omniflix.co, you should be able to sign in with your email and uh, claim the NFT. Uh, we'll announce and share additional details on that this week. Uh, you know, I will just share an alpha probably because we there are a few people who have cared to join back. So uh, not not a big alpha, but yeah, still an alpha. Uh, what I would recommend you to do today is uh, whenever you find uh, time in the next 24 hours, make sure to download the Cosmos Station app and uh, have the OmniFlix wallet because tomorrow the Flix Fanatics will be uh, introducing the Thursday Flix Quest event. And that will need you to have that wallet. So if you're already there, you are ahead of others now. Sisla, uh, can I probably ask you for an alpha too? So, uh, I heard that uh, we are almost ready with our tokenomics. Uh, any any idea about uh, when in few days or probably next week, uh, should we be expecting that now? Yeah, actually, good point, Super. We have like a detailed plan as to what will be published afterward. Uh, the first blog post will be our community update 40, uh, which will align with our Flickstock episode number. So we'll have Flickstock 40, community update 40, and going forward increment every week. That is one. Then we will have what is uh, the token economics itself that are published in the next 10 days or before that. And then we'll have details about the drop as well published along with the updated uh, information around the fourth snapshot for Omniflix delegators. So that has been taken on uh, September 1st and the other details following the drop, the drop mechanism to an extent and you know, what we might uh, fully finalize. So yeah, these are uh, in the pipeline uh, along with the auctions mechanism as well. The documentation on docs.omniflix.network is being updated consistently. So if there are people actually observing that or you know, if they have to refer it, refer to it more than once, they'll definitely know the difference. But uh, you know, that is happening as well. So you have token economics, uh, details about, of course, community updates, details about the token economics, details about the flicks drop and the auctions that go live. Great. Uh... Yeah, I suppose then uh, we would be looking forward to that uh, because I am certain, like me, a lot of people are looking forward to know the token of economics of uh, Omniflex. 
and uh, I suppose that will be then start of the trading and the flick drop and so many things. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting month, uh, uh, you know, in the next few few days. Uh, quarter four is definitely going to be the Omniflix is going to make the most noise now, since uh, we of course we are still building, but uh, we have almost now ready to come to the next stage where we are launching our token and uh, for trading and for the Flix fam. And they will be able to use those in various ways, uh, whether it's NFTs, whether it's staking, whether it's other you know, governance or other use cases. So guys, make sure that you are part of our Twitter spaces. This we conduct to keep you guys updated and to make sure that we have all the feedback and suggestions and uh, you know, information that we want to share and always keep connected to the, the community that we have built. So thank you. That's all I had uh, from my end on Flix Fanatics. Uh, in case Mani wants to share anything or any, please go ahead, Mani. Yeah, after your alpha, I have, na I have nothing much to share. <laughs> but I just want to give shout out to shout out to everyone who joined the second time, even after getting rug pulled for the first time. Yeah. So Absolutely. let's go, Flix fam. I think like we've had uh, diverse set of people that joined after after we you know got rugged so yeah thank you all for joining in again and uh you know a small point is we are also working on our updated version of our interactive videos so that is happening we have worked on the back end for that so you can potentially vote on governance proposals using interactive videos how that will work you know what is that feature about who can utilize it more on that in you know, subsequent spaces, but if you are a community manager or if you yourself have a community, do not hesitate to reach out to us. And if you're in the Cosmos ecosystem, 100%, we should be able to help you out and, uh, you know, help you build your community with you know, newer formats of media, you know, text, audio, video, images, definitely they're there. They're, they probably might have been an integral part of your community building strategy, but utilizing interactive videos will help you understand your audience better, community members better, and we believe you should be able to better serve them. Yeah. That, uh, by, by, that was my mistake. I, I'm unable to get it back. <laughs> That's all I had. I don't have to share anything. Thank you. Okay. Well, like, uh, like <laughs> sorry. It looks like it might be about that time to uh, to say goodbye unless you have something else you'd like to share, so far. Uh, not me, but super. You unmuted yourself. All good. Or... All good. All good. Uh, it. Uh, I just raised my hand by mistake. I was trying to <laughs> choose another uh, emocon, but it uh, clicked yeah. over there. That's all. That's all. Um, guys, uh, the, even if the space is ending now, we are available 24 hours a day and seven days a week on uh, Telegram, Discord, Twitter, whichever is convenient for you. Reach out to us, whether it's Omniflix, uh, Flix Crew, or Flix Fanatics, and let us know your thoughts on uh, our marketplace, our InSync, in or any other products you have, any suggestions or any feedback. We would love to hear. Thank you. Exactly, 24-7, because Sisla and Subarera both sleep with electric shock uh, mechanisms attached to them anytime somebody sends a message into the chat room. So if you want to mess with them, send some you know, late-night uh, chats into the channel. I'm, <laughs> I'm able to visualize other mechanisms there. So, yeah, we, <laughs> so don't worry about it. We should be able to, you know, 24-7, or if there are like 36 hours in a day, you know, all of it is for OmniFlix. So, 
with that being said you know this week was pretty intense uh, from an engineering standpoint from an infrastructure standpoint i really 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 want to take this opportunity to thank all our node hosts our validators our relayers you know everyone that's actually powering infrastructure for the omniflix network you know i understand that the creators their collectors you know the core team fanatics the our sub dao members you know they are all important but without the efforts of our validators without the efforts of our infrastructure providers and without the ethos of the cosmos ecosystem as a whole right last week would not have been possible or last 3 to 4 days they would not have been possible and you know it is yeah it it has something very very significant has happened within the cosmos ecosystem those who are running a validator and uh, you know powering infra for other chains they definitely know what it is and uh, it has happened in a way in the right way in the way that it has to happen and uh, receiving support direct support from the cosmos ecosystem founders you know like we've had uh, you know ethan also ping ethan buckman bucky also ping you know dev from uh, from osmosis ping you know like we were able to have conversations with all of them and uh, you know help better secure ourselves as an ecosystem so huge shout out to omniflix the infrastructure providers and the infrastructure node hosts company in the omniflexion but in the cosmos ecosystem as well so yeah, this is this is this has been phenomenal for us and uh, you know we believe that the cosmos ecosystem would function this way but uh, i don't think many saw it in action up until this point but uh, this is the level of integrity and uh, this is the level of uh, you know efficiency effectiveness that the ecosystem can operate with so we are very proud to be a part of this i mean for for those that might not know what we are talking about it'll all seem meaningless but we are just grateful to be a part of this ecosystem yeah i'm sure uh, it's always good to leave people with a cliffhanger it gives them a reason to come back <laughs> no this is not to this is not like uh, you know this is not a hook or this is not for clickbait or like we we don't really want to leave them high and dry on information here oh no but, uh, it's all good things yeah. to wait <laughs> sure so this is this is something confidential uh so hence we were not able to share details or there were no announcements and things like that but other than that yes other than that yes you know what you said is right and you know we are happy that some of the people that actually were part of this process are here in the space again you know shout out to skynet shout out to stake seto crypto seto validator arm and uh, you know hugin you know they'll also soon be validators so you know all the best to all of them yeah well if there's nothing else to share if anybody has any questions feel free uh, speak now or forever hold your peace i think we good can uh, questions i think we can take them independently um you know via telegram or discord or twitter dms but um i think this is a good time to wrap you know we had a very good spotlight again uh, thanks to our fanatic tanka for being able to organize this and push this forward our spotlight today was with the founder of uh, co-founder of uh, stride uh, iden and uh, he was uh, you know he he was able to explain what liquid staking means how he got started in the cosmos ecosystem 
how his journey has been, how their journey has been as a project and uh, the differences between uh, multiple liquid staking providers. So that was pretty insightful. And uh, I think doing more of these, you know, will definitely help the Omniflix community as well as the wider Cosmos ecosystem. Absolutely. Uh, well, in that case, uh, I appreciate you uh, joining me today, Sisler. I appreciate you allowing me to join you. Um, and Super Air, Manny, rest of the Flix fanatics, thank you for uh, joining us today. And thank you, all of you, for joining us today on the second version of Flix Talk 40, the big 4 0. It's a midlife crisis of Flix Talk. Uh, and I think we got through it pretty, uh, pretty okay. So great seeing you all or hearing you all. Much love. Be great to each other and enjoy the cosmos. Have a great day. Yep. Thank you all. See you again on, uh, see you again next week at uh, 2 p.m. UDC on and Wednesday. Yes. Flix Talk. But you can also join us earlier on Friday at 2 p.m. UDC on In the Studio. Can that, I get that? That's the one. Yeah. Again, guys. Uh, see y'all again. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Flix Talk, episode forty from OmniFlix Network, recorded on Wednesday, October twelfth, two thousand twenty-two. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo, I've been asking all my friends find a rap on the patio six feet motherfucker step the fuck back doing a little magic pulling rabbits out the rucksack not everybody's always in it for the money looking like another crooked sunday and i'm working monday so you know i ain't stressing left debating great methods amazed to play inception the base stay blessed see even with these huge sums of overall royalties huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small small many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent For the actual well, artists, say they're making they even say they're pennies, making pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies per play. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence Like we forgot how to choose That's what happens When people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom Just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth Like a rabid dog Like a fake mate And call at the zoo It's looking like the view Is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit Trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through When I'm making my music